G'day guys, Eero here for Imperial Rebel Orc uh, Podcast, doing something a little bit different this morning. Um, I'm on my way to my first job for the day, it's 6.35am here in Australia, just got myself a nice coffee uh, to wake me up a little bit, and uh, yeah, just thought I'd have a bit of a chat with you while I was on the way to work. Um, On today's show, episode four of the podcast, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, the costs involved with the hobby and also why I choose Games Workshop as my main supplier. There'll also be another hobbyist spotlight. So stick around guys, should be a good one. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. When it comes to the costs involved for this beloved hobby of ours, um, I think it's one of those things where everyone needs something, I believe. You know, we all work hard, we all have families, and we all have our playtimes as far as going out and seeing movies and having dinner and going on holidays. But I'm a firm believer that we all need something that's just for us as well. We need something, uh, you can call it escapism if you want. Um, I certainly do. <laughs> um, but not escapism because my life's so bad or anything like that. It's just. I need to be lost in my own little world for a while. It keeps me sane it, it, and it also sets me up to be okay for the next day and be able to tackle things. If I went from work, you know, come home, have dinner, spend time with the kids, go to bed, get up, work, you know, repeat, 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 I definitely would go a little stir crazy because I've got an overact- over, um, overactive imagination. I. I think if, if if there was such a thing when I was a kid, I would have been diagnosed with ADHD because I just don't stop. Like my brain really, I, sh- I really struggle for it to, to stop and slow down or, or, or anything like that. So, so having an outlet, having something, especially a creative outlet, uh, is perfect for me. Before the hobby, it was um, music. Music was, was massive for me. I would constantly be writing songs um, and coming up with new ideas and, and driving my, my musical partner probably a little bit nuts. Uh, <laughs> um, and now it's, now it's, you know, cutting up little plastic men and gluing them back together and painting them in weird and wonderful ways and then taking photos of them and writing up blog posts and posting on Instagram and, and interacting with like-minded people. So that's, that's now my, my passion. So yes, it can be costly. Like, let's not beat around the bush. It can be bloody expensive. And for people that aren't in love with miniatures like we are, they look at it and sort of must scratch their heads and go, hang on a minute, so you've just spent $60 on four guys. Or you've, you know, you've invested a couple of hundred dollars into a, yeah, a fairly larger box. But still, there's a tank and there's... 30 guys you know <laughs> for them they, they really must it, they must be bewildered as to why we want to spend money on such a thing but if if you're not in it you don't get it it's like um it's like i like my tattoos as well okay so a little, little side story here i love my tattoos so i've got i think now i think i've got over 30 tattoos and that's that's another thing for me i i love tattoos I love how they look and I love getting them and I love thinking about them I love designing them all that kind of thing as well you know so but others who don't have tattoos they don't get it and 
I always say to them, because I'm a cheeky bastard, I always say to them, the only difference is between us is that I don't judge you for not having tattoos. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is, you know, we all have our things and we all have, and, and costs are involved. So what's expensive though? Like, you know, if I was playing golf, um, buying my clubs, um, having a membership to a, a golf club as well, um, hiring those stupid little buggies that don't go fast enough in my opinion, um, <laughs> get buying the tartan pants and the caps and the, and the weird polo shirts and <laughs> nah, I'm not bagging out golfers. I'm just saying that there's, there are costs involved with, with anything you want to do, you know, pretty much, uh, you, you could, you know, you want to collect stamps. I mean, I'm sure that's, that can be quite expensive and add up. And, and one of the things I've, I've heard a stamp collector literally say is that, um, he'll look at his, he looked at his cupboard and said, you know, there's thousands of dollars worth of stamps in there. And I said to him, so will you, is that, do you have a plan of selling it? And he said, no, no, not at all. He goes, I just like knowing that I've got it. So for me, it's not about that. I don't like saying, oh yeah, I've got about $10,000 worth of miniatures. Um, if anything, it's the opposite. I don't like saying that, but at the same time, I'm proud of what I've done so far. I, I, I invest not only uh, money into it, but a lot of time and effort and passion and heart into, into all of it as well. Um, so really, and I spread the cost out. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. I don't go and spend, you know, $6,000 in one chunk because I think my wife would string me up for one. Um, but to, it's not about that. It's not about going, bang, I've spent this much. So I, I chip away. I, I see bits and pieces I like over time, and I manage to get my hands on them. I'm a big fan of eBay, so I'm always hunting. I could be on eBay for 20 minutes just hunting for the perfect Chaos Space Marine head or something, you know? So, And that's a very low cost, in my opinion. You might be spending a dollar or two, but in the grand scheme of things, I suppose it does add up. <laughs> but... I don't know, as I say, everything has got a price. I remember chatting with um, a bloke called Matt who manages my local uh, games workshop, Warhammer shop, um, about the costs involved with our beloved hobby. And he said it's funny because when we were kids, when we were younger, we didn't have the money. You know, we really, we sort of, well, we would have to scrimp and save our pocket money or uh, our birthday money or whatever the case may be just so we could go in and buy a squad of Imperial Guardsmen, you know. Whereas now, um, and, when, and you know, obviously back then as well, when you're, when you're a kid, you've got all the time in the world. Whereas now, we've got the money, most of us, uh, or we still might need to save, we still might need to uh, just chip away. But we've got, the, we've got more cash at hand generally as an adult than we did when we were kids. But now we don't have as much time. <laughs> so it's a catch 22 really isn't it i don't know about you guys but i do a lot of uh when i have bought things in the past i do a lot of justifying because i don't consider myself spoilt i don't ever want to be spoilt um i was brought up to appreciate everything i had and make the most of everything i had as well um mum tells a story that when we first came to australia we weren't we didn't have a lot of you know free cash 
but we went to a an op shop which is like a thrift store or um, I'm not sure what they call it in England but it's you know um, basically like um, like a trash and treasure market kind of thing like a flea market all in one shop and it's the money goes to um, uh, you know a charity um, anyway we went into this shop and I think you know mum was getting clothes for us or whatever she was and then I'd spied this car, this little matchbox, like secondhand, you know, scratched up secondhand car, um, toy car, and I was just eyeing it off, and it was like 20 cents, which would be about 50p, I think, in in English money, (laughs) Um, and uh, she, she bought it for me, and even though, you know, it was just this cheap little toy, I played with it for hours, because I used my imagination I didn't mind that it had the scratches because I just thought that, well, that looked like it'd been in a car chase or whatnot, and it cost nothing, but I made the most of it. And I think because I have that mindset still now, um, when I do get a product uh, from, say, Games Workshop, um, I make the most of it. So I, I, I do everything I can. I even, like many of you probably do, I even often cut up the sprue and use the bits and pieces from the sprue for terrain pieces or, um, you know, adding some texture to a base or whatever. So I really do make the most of everything. I don't use the cardboard box generally, <laughs> and I certainly don't use the instructions. Um, but yeah, I, I really make the most of every little bit in that box. And, uh, and I think, yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a good thing because I'm not wasteful. So yes, our hobby is expensive. It is, 100%. But... I think we can <laughs> safely justify it because, you know, it's not a dirty drug habit. We're not um, spending money on booze that, you know, is just going to be um, <laughs> consumed and never seen again. Uh, we, it's something we, we're passionate about. It's something we, we care about. It's something that we're going to look after once we've finished the, the model. It's, it's worth it, you know. I know it sounds like I'm just trying to justify the expense, but and I suppose there is a little an element of that, but really, like it is a small price to pay to keep us happy, to keep us being creative, to keep us lost in our own little world for a little while. And if that only helps us uh, function better in the real in the real world, let's uh, let's you know inverted commas real world, um, then what does it matter, you know, what does the price matter, as long as you're not living above your means, and that goes for anything in life, of course, if you're spending way too much, and you can't afford, you know, some beans on toast, then that's a problem, of course, it's like anything, you know, but, but otherwise, if you can afford it, if it's, if it's not eating into your savings too much, and you're loving it, and you're passionate about it, then just bloody do it. You're listening to Imperial Rebel Law Podcast, innit? Games Workshop were the first miniatures, um, first company I ever bought miniatures from. I think I told the story in episode one or two. Um, so maybe maybe there's a bit of sort of, uh, uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm sentimental <laughs> or, or loyal for that reason, but maybe there's like a bit of, of habit, I suppose. I I was really impressed with the metal Katachan jungle fighters that I bought back when I was fourteen, 
And then when I went into one of their shops and was just in awe of all the miniatures they had, I think that kind of, I just stuck with that. I just kind of felt like, wow, they're the best. Um, forget the rest <laughs> sort of mentality. Um, as an older man getting back into the hobby, uh, I still I still wholeheartedly believe the quality is just second to none. Um, yes, they're expensive, but like I said, you know, if you can afford it, it doesn't matter. The cost doesn't even matter um, because what are you comparing it to? You know. Anyway, but but they've got everything and anything I I generally need. Um, they've got all the paints. I, I I'm quite happy with the Citadel paints. I have. Um, branched out into Vallejo and and I I'm enjoying those paints to be honest they're a lot thinner but that's that's a good thing um to thin coats as we always say um but yeah the Citadel paints are, are fine in my opinion they're easy to get I don't have to track them down online or anything like that I can just go into the shop and walk look through the the color range there that got up on the shelf and go oh yeah I need this one this one this one oh and while I'm here I might get these two as well um, when I've bought things online, I, I don't do that. I don't um, spontaneously shop, you know. I, I go, right, I need black or I need white, and I go and look for that. I don't ever go, hmm, I'll have a browse for the other colours, whereas at, at the actual bricks and mortar shop, that's exactly what I do. Um, I don't generally... I did get their brushes as a, as a uh, Christmas present uh, one year, and that was lovely, but I didn't... Honestly, I didn't find much difference between those and the ones I normally get. Um, we'll talk brushes on another episode. Um, but they've got it, you know, they've got everything you, you really need. For me though, it's all about the miniatures and I am well impressed with their range and they've just got, in the five, in the last five years that I've been, um, you know, passionate about the, the hobby again, they've, the releases have just blown my mind. I can't even, th- oh, well, you had the Rogue Trader, you had the, um, Ah, the, uh, the, oh, what was the orc release they did a couple of years ago? I still haven't even got stuck into that box properly, but where they had all the orc buggies and vehicles and motorbikes and, oh, fantastic. Uh, they've just had the, I mentioned as well, the, uh, the Valhallen Ice Warriors release. Uh, they've, what else? There's just been so much. I can't even think of it all now, but, but I'm just gobsmacked with each release. I'm like, wow, I, I need to buy that now. I need, I want this in my life. Like, <laughs> like you know, you, you really are a kid in a candy store. Um, and, and so for me, there's a reason why they're number one. And from what I've heard, the change in, now I don't know all the politics and all the background, but I believe there was a change with the CEO back in 2015 and things just got better. So their online presence, their interaction with the community has got a whole lot better. Their, their releases have got better. Everything's just been stepped up. And I don't mean one step, I mean it's been taken up 10 steps from what I've read online, briefly read online. Um, and that's kind of cool because that's when I got back into the hobby. So it maybe if it was the old CEO, maybe I wouldn't still be banging on about them. I don't know, but for me, they do it right pretty much every time uh yes occasionally some of the models you sort of go oh they don't look quite right or i'm not a big fan of the easy fit together miniatures i'd prefer them all to be completely separated that's because i'm a converter at heart so so i don't want the arms all stuck to the torso already with with half of the head i want the arms separate the torso separate the head separate, <laughs> you know, um, ideally even the hands and the feet separate, but that's another story. Um, 
so yeah I, I, for me games workshop they just they are on a pedestal a hundred percent and I, I still read you know some negative comments online but you know it's online so there's always going to be some sort of keyboard hero troll or whatever you call them if you say they're good then there's going to be someone there to say they're bad for whatever reason and that's fine we're all we're all entitled to our own opinions but yeah i i am waving the flag for them a hundred percent despite being such a big fan of games workshop a real advocate for them um you know, as I've got older and, and more involved in the hobby, uh, yeah, I've definitely branched out to other suppliers, and I won't bang on about them too much today. Only to say that I my my net is cast wide now. Like I, Games Workshop are my is my home. <laughs> Let's call it that. But I do like to go exploring um, and looking at other third. Well, I don't know. I don't know why they call them third party suppliers that really does make it sound like Games Workshop is the only one and then you've got branches I don't know I don't know that, that doesn't really sit well with me I just think they're other suppliers you know not third party suppliers but anyway um, yeah there are plenty out there uh, especially for bits and bobs you know for for extra he- like different head swaps and arms and backpacks and weapons and and um, artillery and tanks and there, there's there's plenty out there that's that's for sure the more you look the more you find especially now i think with the whole three three d printing phenomenon so every seems like every man and his dog is uh um setting up a a miniatures company you know pretty much like people who do podcasts <laughs> um yeah so so just want to mention that yeah yes i love games workshop but i'm not naive to the fact that there's plenty of other great suppliers out there and not just for um conversion bits there's other you know of course there's other miniature companies out there uh warlord games um war games foundry like they're fantastic they're, they're really really cool and i've started to explore them more and more in the last couple of years these these other um manufacturers you know so so yeah i just wanted to to mention that as well but i will in other uh, upcoming episodes i'm going to um basically spotlight you know other suppliers it's the imperial rebel org podcast so a hobbyist that gets the spotlight today um is either hobbyist but he's also a youtuber by the name of Luke's Apps, Luke's Affordable Painting Service um, is what the Apps stands for. I was a bit confused when I first started watching him on YouTube because I thought he like he had an app, you know, as in an application that you can download. Anyway, um, what I like about him, so look him up on YouTube. I think he's also he's pretty. I'm pretty certain he's on uh, Instagram as well, but he's huge on YouTube. He's got a massive following. Um, I've subscribed to him. Um, because he's just so good, his delivery is so good. So he'll cover everything, um, you know, to do with the hobby. But his big thing, uh, which I really appreciate, is approaching the hobby from an affordable um, angle. So, you know, we've been talking about the costs of the hobby today. His his whole thing is how to do stuff a little bit cheaper, still just as good, still just as cool, but how to achieve. Um, you know certain techniques or certain finishes or whatever like like uh, one he one he worked incredibly hard on was getting um, uh, was creating water a water effect but doing it you know on the on the uh, making it uh, economically viable let's say <laughs> uh, not cheap I don't like the word cheap but you know like he 
he investigated a whole bunch of different products um, and yes there were some high-end products that he used but he he basically uh, whittled it down to some fairly affordable standard products that you'd find at a local hardware store to achieve some amazing water effects you know so I think that's that's really really cool when you've got hobbyists out there who are not only like he's a great painter and, and great modeler and full stop but he's also out there like fighting for us you know he's trying to find things um that are that are going to help us in our hobby life and uh and make things better and giving us tips and um and yeah really being a uh, you know a hero for us <laughs> now luke saps um he does make all his own products um and and he sells them he only started the business like halfway through i think you know his youtube life uh i don't know if that was a, a, always the plan but yeah it, it doesn't come across he's not um what's the word like he doesn't come across as like a full-on uh you know industry professional or anything like that he is very very good but he's not like your typical uh glossy kind of uh company you know he's just saying yep i make these products they're they're as best as i can make them they're as affordable as i can make them but at the end of the day he's the businessman and he's trying to make some coin as well so there's nothing wrong with that um from what i read in some of the comments on his videos there was a little bit of a backlash because he was selling his products and i think well just why like it's just a bloke out there starting his own business and and doing something he's passionate about which is making things like flock and and uh and basing materials and stuff and and selling them and i I believe that he's doing it as best as he can, but also I'm not naive to the fact that he's, he's in it to make money too, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if someone, <laughs> you know, if someone said to me, uh, I'll pay you to, uh, you know, do the hobby all day, um, yeah, okay, no worries, no problem at all, I'd be quite happy to do that. Um, so yeah, so Luke's apps, uh, YouTube, I find his, um, like I mentioned before, the delivery, the way he presents is really cool as well. He's talking to me. When I watch it, yes, he's got, you know, oh, hundreds of thousands of people watching, but it really does feel like a personal thing because he's talking to me. He's saying, he's looking at me saying, this is what you need to do to get better at this or this is what you need to do or this is what I suggest to give you a hand with your flocking or your uh, your static grass or or your how to um, how to uh, create a Stalingrad type board or something like that you know on the cheap so like like for instance yeah I watched the Stalin the reason I bring that up is I watched the uh, a video of his recently where he did this big Stalingrad board he picked up a whole bunch of um, cheap MDF you know the laser cut uh, buildings I think they were from from foreground um, and what he did because what he'd read is that uh, the real Stalingrad on the ground level there was no line of sight because it was all rubble it was all just bricks and and masonry and and Rio and concrete you know chunks and stuff like that so all he did was he got some trays, some normal dinner, you know, plastic dinner trays. He poured plaster cast into it, um, let it dry, obviously, and then um, smashed them. Put them into a, put all the bigger chunks into a bag, then got a hammer and then smashed them up some more. And then, literally, just poured all that broken plaster onto a big board, um, you know, glued it all down, of course. Um, like literally poured PVA and water onto that. Uh, on, over the top of the uh, the broken plaster, and 
bingo. You had, you know, the the makings of a of a big, messy, sort of chunky um, rubble strewn ground, and then he painted it, dry brushed it, all that kind of thing as well. And but fans, it was fan. The end result was fantastic. So I. I really dig stuff like that. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go, right, I'm going to go build a Stalingrad board now. But what it does do is make me think, okay, so my next terrain piece, if it's a broken down building, then maybe I'll give the plaster cast an idea and break up the chunks of that and, and see how I go. He's also done videos on just, you know, basic stuff like painting techniques. Um, uh, I, I watched a video on how he paints his Praetorian Guard, for example, and bam, that's pretty much how I went about mine, uh, yeah, how to highlight them and all that kind of thing, which paints he used from the Citadel range, and I I pretty much did the same thing, except for a few different things, like with the pith helmets and, and the faces and stuff, but as far as the red coats and the blue pants go, uh, I followed I followed his tutorial, and it was great, and, I, and I'm really, really happy with the, with the finished result. So, yeah, Luke's apps. Definitely go check him out if you haven't if you, if you haven't done so already. I'd be surprised if you didn't know who he was actually, because he's quite big on YouTube. He's up there for as being one of the you know the more popular ones. Um, but yeah, as I say, he's just really down to earth and and presents his shows in such a like like it really does feel like you're in the room with him and you're just having a bit of a chat. And he's he's I imagine that in real life, if you were to meet him, he'd be very personable and likable um, and funny. And you know, he's got a real sort of uh, good sense of humour and a real quirky character about him as well. So go and check him out, guys. That's my spotlight for this week. Uh, Luke's apps, um, Luke's affordable painting service, um, and yeah, and why not if you're in. England. I think the postage might be a bit too much for me, but uh, if you're in England, uh, if you're in the UK, then uh, yeah, why not sample some of his goods and let me know how you go with it. Uh, and, he, and as I say, he's also on Instagram as well. Now, as far as my own hobby uh, progress goes, um, I haven't made any leaps and bounds in the Rourke's Drift one, to be honest. Um, in fact, I think I only made two Zulus the other night. Um, so still a ton load uh, to make there, uh, but I'm still, you know, I'm hanging in there. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not gonna jump ship just yet. <laughs> but it's still, yeah, it's still definitely momentum there. Um, but I am getting quite excited and involved in my, uh, yeah, in my terrain project, which I've called Hellgate. Um, yeah, it's just fun. It's just like, like. I don't know, well, it's all fun, obviously, but putting together terrain, I find, is quite different from putting together miniatures. Miniatures, you want to get the stance just right, and you want the, the to ooze the right kind of character. And I suppose terrain's got to have a bit of character too, but I don't know, I find it a bit more freeform, like you can just sort of slap anything together and just make it work, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? you find building terrain different? Like, if you're not building it... Uh, through the instructions if you know what I mean um other than that yeah that's pretty much it I've just been sort of chipping away at that it's been a bit a bit quiet I suppose on the old hobby front but I um yeah I suppose I've been concentrating a little bit more on the podcast stuff too so um but have no fear there's lots of ideas floating around in my head and uh lots of good stuff to look forward to uh that's it for me today guys um I hope you've enjoyed episode four of imperial rebel orc podcast you can find me on wordpress my blog over there imperial rebel orc um, wordpress and you can also find me on instagram with the same handle um, where you can find a whole i think there's 
oh, I don't, like over 700 pictures there now. So yeah, feel free to scroll through and have a look and uh, critique. Um, yeah, but thanks for listening and I'll see you again in episode five. You've been listening to The Imperial Red Owl Podcast.